Hi, I'm Wolford Kaufman, the pastor of Southside Baptist Church in Gaffney, South Carolina. Thank you for joining us as we're looking at the scripture, Luke, the fifth chapter, starting with verse 17. Luke, the fifth chapter, verse 17. Uh, invite you to know more about our church. You can check out the website, GaffneySouthside.com, GaffneySouthside, all one word, dot com. We invite you to be a part of our church fellowship if you're in the area of Gaffney, South Carolina. But thank you for joining us online. This is just my sermon. We will do a live stream of this worship service on Sunday, uh, January the 31st, 2021. And so please, uh, if you'd like to watch that, I'll tell you this, I guarantee this, the sermon, though it's the same scripture, the same notes, it will turn out different. That's all. It always does. But thank you for joining us. And so we've been uh, looking at evangelism this month of January of 2021 and about rethinking evangelism, about going and sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. But for several weeks now, we've been giving the Pharisees and the teachers of the law a fit. Because they've been complaining. They were complaining about Jesus' disciples doing that. They were muttering because he was healing people and all this. And he was uh, telling about uh, through parables. But this is not a parable today. As you look at Luke, the fifth chapter, starting verse 17. And so what they're doing now is just sitting there. That's it. Just sitting there. So a question I have for you. Do you want to be a church that just sits? Or do you want to be a doing church? Do you want to be a Christian that just sits without having any kind of outward, uh, any kind of outward work of just sharing Christ with others? Do you want to be a sitting servant or a serving servant of Christ? So that's what we're going to be looking at. So look at our scripture, Luke 5, starting verse 17. And one day Jesus was teaching and the Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was with Jesus and to heal the sick. And some men carry, carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up to the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd, right in front of Jesus. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said, Friend, your sins are forgiven. And the Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, Who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? And Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, Why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Get up and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been laying, but lying on, and he went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, We have seen remarkable things today. Let us pray. 
Heavenly Father, we thank you for this scripture. It just empowers us to realize that we may be paralyzed in our sin. We may be paralyzed in our, our shortcomings and our problems. But when we come to you, you can heal us. You can heal us physically. You can heal us emotionally. You can heal us spiritually. Lord, thank you for that. Let us realize that power and let us not be like these Pharisees and teachers law, just sitting. It is now for us to be like that paralyzed man that's healed. He goes and he rejoices. Let us do that. In Jesus' name, amen. So as we look through this, we find that Jesus is for, before an ever-growing crowd. You know, except for that roof remodeling and the healing of a paralyzed man, this was pretty much a normal teaching time for him. But the news had gotten out. Uh, this man, Jesus, was doing some remarkable things. He was healing people. He was running out the demonic uh, uh, demons there that was, had hit some, and he was, he was doing some great things. So the audience had now come to check him out. This crowd at this point was different from the previous that Jesus had had. They were some very prominent people there. Uh, a growing diverse crowd was coming in from a larger area, all hearing about what Jesus is doing. And the scripture says they had come from every village of Galilee, from Judea, and yes, even from Jerusalem. Now, I want you to realize something. Large crowds does not mean a faithful crowd. I know there's some uh, churches of today. Uh, I remember hearing the very first time of a church having 18,000 people in it. And I said, oh, Unbelievable! See, I came from a very country setting. You know, some churches that might have 15, 30 people in it thought it was big. But 18,000, that's nothing nowadays. But crowds does not mean faithful people. Most of these folks that were looking at Jesus that day are like the people of today. Very curious. Just checking it out. But there were four faithful friends. Four faithful friends expecting more. They were not there for a lecture. They wanted to see their friend being healed, to be healed, to be completely healed. They were not there for a good sermon. Their friend needed to be healed, and Jesus heals. Perfect need, a perfect Savior, and yes, healer. And so the one fellow who needed healing, think about that. Not only was he willing to be carried to the house, and I imagine all those years of him being a paralytic like that, how embarrassing that was. Just put yourself in a wheelchair and roll through and let people be looking down at you. Be on a, a cart as you're going into surgery, hopefully minor surgery. But they're looking at you. You feel awkward. Can you imagine him being on that cot going in? He was willing to be tossed and turned around all kind of ways just so he could get to Jesus. And no matter how this house was built, uh, no matter if it was, you know, if they had to go up a ladder, if they had to go up a stairway, if they pulled him up by rope, it really didn't matter. It was still an adventure to get this poor sufferer before the great physician. Before the great physician. But there was an obstacle. There was an obstacle. Now tell me, which of these obstacles was the worst? Say, I know automatically you thought obstacle, that means that roof, that tile. Well, that was pretty tough. But maybe the first obstacle was the crowd. Think about it, the crowd. Or was it the roof? Or was it the limited faith 
of those Pharisees, those present. See, crowds may look nice, but do they get the work done? I mean, really, if you look at this particular crowd, they were not getting the work done. They were blocking the work. There was someone in need, and they were hogging all the space and all this. Crowds can fill up a, a big coliseum and still can be one of the emptiest places there ever was. See, notice uh, the work of those four caring men. They brought this man to Jesus to be healed. With what happened in, in the world today, think about it. it. Is God working through individuals? Isn't it God working through small groups that is impacting the world today? See, I know there's some states that are just now allowing people to go back to church. Just to go back in. And that does not mean large crowds and all this. Uh, so the crowds, could that have been an obstacle? See, today, let us not worry about crowds in the church. It is the faithful few that's going to make a difference. But uh, what about the roof? Was it an obstacle? Yes, it was fiscal limitations. You know, we can't do that. You ever heard that in the church? We can't do that. We've never done that before. Oh, that's going to cost too much. How come that dollar figure comes up when we have a God that owns the cattle on how many hills? Think about it. So those folks that say that, but if God is directing us, can physical limitations stop us? Think about it. COVID-19 guidelines. Uh, you know, we only can set up so many chairs. You know, only so much square footage in the building. We, can, we only have so many volunteers. We can't start this new service because we only have this many volunteers. These guys, they did not see a roof. They didn't see a roof. What they did see was another way to get their friend before Jesus. Right now, we have so many obstacles. But here's, here's the best way to look at this. You look at that person that you love, that you care for, that needs to be before Jesus. And then you look at Jesus and tell me something. All the obstacles, even if they might be physical, should fall apart. Should fall apart. And all this going on. And so they didn't look at obstacles. They looked at an opportunity there. You know, think about it. Uh, we can't even get our church members in the church now. Did you hear me? We can't even get church members back in the church anymore. That is, it's very, very difficult and all this. So inviting your lost friends just to come to church is not going to cut it. It used to be a day, you know, the Christmas, the Easter programs, you would have this special revival, you would do this and all this kind of stuff. So I know what the church is doing, just like I'm doing with this message here. I'm trying to take the message to the world. But that's not what's really happening. It's usually the church members that are watching this. So let's, let's realize this. So instead of worrying about the church, Let's just make sure that we take Jesus to our lost friends. Let's take, let's us take Jesus to the lost friends and family and co-workers. Think about all that that we need to do. And so uh, if you already have that relationship with a person, how important that is. You are like one of these guys, those four guys that carried those four corners of that cot. They were personally involved they knew that man. And so maybe you're holding the corner of one of those pallets, those cots 
of a lost person today. Somebody that needs Jesus. Make the most of that opportunity. Make the most of that opportunity to share Christ with them. And the other obstacle could have been the limited faith. The limited faith. The problem with the Pharisees and these teachers of the law, they had a vision problem. That's right. They had a vision problem like a lot of people have today. Like a lot of people have today. They could see Jesus doing one thing, but they could not see him doing both. Hmm? That makes sense. They could see Jesus heal the man, but to save him? And sometimes we got it reversed today. You know, we, we say things like this. I know that Jesus can save me, but he cannot do what? You go ahead and say it. How many of us think of this? God can take me to heaven, but he can't take care of my marriage. He can't take care of my finances. He can't take care of my health. We think that God can only do one thing at a time, and that's it. God can do whatever he wants completely. The wonderful thing, the man was forgiven of his sins. And that's what these the Pharisees and teachers of law got so upset about. How could he do that? But whoa, he's forgiven of his sins. And but what happened? This man is paralyzed. This man is paralyzed. Remember, Jesus is the great physician. He is the great physician. He is a doctor to all, and he's a doctor for all diseases, physically and spiritually. Before healing the body, he needed to heal the heart of that man. Today, some of us think that we have some ailments. Uh, that if, if I only had this done, then I'm, you know, if I can only have this removed, you know, this taken care of, then I'll be okay. How many of us could have every surgery that could ever be? And I've known some people come very close. <laughs> But how many of us could have every surgery that could be in the medical book of today and still be lost for eternity? To be lost for eternity. And so remember, this is not a parable. This is not a parable that Jesus kind of formed it and shaped it the way he wanted it to come out. This actually happened. And what? think about this. Why didn't this man holler out, Hey, hey, Dr. Jesus. Thank you for saving me, but I've got a problem with my legs. Would you look at my legs? See, Jesus knew the real problem, and he went to it straight. Now, yes, the man was paralyzed. Yes, he needed to have those legs healed, but he knew, Jesus knew what the real most important problem to deal with first, and that was the heart. That was the sin in his life. See, this man's burdens was lifted. He received the healing he really needed. Question for you today. Think about this. Which is more important? Walking the streets of today? The walk the streets of today? Or the walk the streets of heaven with Jesus for eternity? That's an interesting question, right? Not asked too many times. Which is most important for you to be able to walk the streets of the town that you live in or community that you live in or to walk the streets of heaven? When you go looking, you need to make sure you can walk those streets of heaven. But see, Jesus cares about the whole us, the entire us and all this. The body we have now and that glorified body we're going to have one day. As many of us are getting older, 
That glorified body looks better and better, doesn't it? But Jesus, he knew the thoughts of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. And they, you know, who can forgive sins? But God alone, praise God, Jesus, the Son of God can heal and he can forgive. And we give him praise of that. Jesus knew their thoughts and he knows your thoughts. And he knows your thoughts. Some of you are doubting. But why, why not trust Jesus who can heal you and save you? He can do both. This man simply did what Jesus told him to do. I think that's where most of us have our problem today. We hear what Jesus has to tell, say to us right here in his word, and then we question it. We doubt it. We put it off, the answer. It's right there for us. And so Jesus knew their thoughts. Some of you are even doubting right now. You know, why not trust Jesus? He can heal you and save you. This man did what he was supposed to do. Once he was told to do it, what did he do? He did it immediately. He did it immediately. We want to think about it. And then he, was, he took that, that brought him in, that, that cot, that pallet that was used to bring him in, that that had supported him, he now picks it up and he carries it. See, some of you are on the pallets, the cots of this world. It could be drugs. It could be alcohol. It could be other addictions. It could be because I mean, things have just come down heavy on you. And that's what's carrying you today. But I want you to realize something. Jesus not only says, get up. He says, take those problems that you had. And you are the strong one now. You can carry it out. And so whatever you're going through, the struggle you're going through today, Jesus gives you the power to pick those up and you are the one in control, not that pallet of this world and the things of this world. And then it says, he went home praising God. He went home praising God. Why not? His heart was saved and his legs were strong. Could you have it any better than that? Nothing could hold him back now. Praising God with all that new strength that he has. And so he goes. And the section ends. And they were filled with awe. Isn't that wonderful? Just filled with awe. Folks, awe is when we see somebody dunk that ball or, or catch that touchdown. And, or does some singer or some actor do their thing. And oh, and awe. God doesn't want us to be in awe. He wants us to be filled with his power. He wants us to be filled with that power. Uh, and then they, they said, not only were they on, they said, we have seen remarkable things today. Wasn't that great? Wasn't that fantastic? No, folks. We've seen remarkable things. Jesus does not want us to see remarkable things. God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, wants us to experience remarkable things today. And we got to get out of this witnessing, and I don't mean sharing Christ, but sitting back like those Pharisees and teachers of law watching. We're to be involved. And yes, to be involved in these remarkable things that the Lord wants to do through us. We can't do a thing ourselves. We can't do a thing. It's Him working through us that makes the difference. 
See, we don't need to worship remarkable things. We need to worship a remarkable God. A remarkable God, all-powerful, all-knowing, ever-present, and still in the miracle business. And still in the miracle business. God wants us to have remarkable things happen to us. He's still in the healing business. Yes, physically and spiritually. Do you need to be healed today? Do you need to be healed today? Invite Jesus to take over. And then do exactly what he says to do. Well, what I need to do. I tell you what, start with the word of God and you got a good assignment for next mm, hundred years. Just do what the word of God says. And But see, today I want to ask you something. Maybe you're already healed spiritually. But who is your number one person that you need to share Christ with? How many of you need to carry that lost friend to Jesus? How many of you need to carry that hurting person to Jesus? So I want you to write down, write down right now, that person's name. That person you need to carry to Jesus in prayer. That person that you need to carry to Jesus and saying, I'm going to witness to them this coming and put a date down. Now, I know things can change, but put it down. That person that you need to carry Jesus by inviting the church if you're having church. But remember, we need to be taking Jesus to them more important than inviting them to the church. Though that's important in their spiritual growth. So write that person's name down. And then what is your obstacle? What is your obstacles? I want to tell you something. I know without a doubt, you're going to have an obstacle put right in front of you that tries to keep you from taking that lost friend, that hurting friend, that person that needs to be healed to Jesus. They're going to put an obstacle up just like that crowd was, just like that uh, roof was there. You're going to face an obstacle. But I want you to write down that obstacle. Somebody say, well, uh, I'm scared. Well, hallelujah, you're scared. Let the Holy Spirit take control. I don't know what to say. Let the Holy Spirit take control. Well, I've shared with them and they turned me down. Well, guess what? Keep on sharing. All they can do is say no. If you love them that way, nothing is going to stand in your way. So think about it, that obstacle. Claim it today as a door of opportunity. As a door of opportunity. You're thinking is a door that's going to be closed. It's an obstacle. I don't care how big it is. I don't care how thick it is. I don't care how high it is. It is an obstacle that Jesus can tear down this very day. Give him praise. God has the power to tear it up. I'm talking about not just put a little hole that you can crawl through. He can blow it off the walls. That's how mighty is our God. So remember, it's not the crowd that's going to make a difference in our world today. It is not the big church services that are going to make it today. It is when you think of your one that you need to love on and pray about and share Christ with in Jesus. And guess who's in between? You. It is you who is your number one. I hope you have a lost person's name down. But who is the one that's supposed to be in control of your life? His name is Jesus. 
His name is Jesus. You can make a difference in somebody's life today. Think about it. Think about those four men. That, that, that one, hey, was there, were they not relieved? I mean, four men having to carry that guy on that pallet and getting up on a roof and dropping him down. They had to work. They probably were sweating. But I want to tell you what, I bet they ran home. I bet they ran home and they told everybody, you won't believe what happened today. And they told people about Jesus. Today, think what it would be like when that one person you love so much, that you're concerned about so much, comes to Jesus. Is it worth it? Yes, it is. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for your precious word. And Lord, how true it is today. We got our obstacles. We got our negative people. We got our folks who say no. But we still have the greatest privilege in the world as a believer. And that's to, to share your love with others. But Lord, I pray for that person today. That's burdened. There's one that they're so concerned about. Let them be able to reach them. Uh, they've been trying for years. But let there be such great success as they share the gospel message. And I pray for that one that realized during this message they're lost and they're in need. And Lord, they can come to you. Lord, thank you that you're wanting them right in front of you and how you're going to love on them. Thank you as they trust in you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I sure love to hear from you. If you've made a decision to trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior, would you please do this? Just uh, send me a, a message or email at pastor at gaffneysouthside.com, pastor at gaffneysouthside.com, or uh, you can text me or call me, 864-812-0073. That's 864-812-0073. Love to hear from you. If there's any other decision you need to have made, maybe surrender to the ministry. I love to hear that too. But may God use this video, this uh, podcast, whenever, however you're watching or listening to this. May God use it for His glory. Take care.